0: The first to be hanged was Bridget Bishop. She was a tavern owner in her early 60s and had never met her accusers until she faced them in court. In many ways, she was an obvious target. Rumors of witchcraft had followed Bishop for a decade or more. Her manner of dress had always seemed ostentatious. Her red paragon bodice was even cited as evidence against her. She ran two taverns, or ordinaries, where late-night carousing was apparently encouraged. Whether the reputation was deserved or not, Bishop's establishments were perceived as fleshpots of debauchery, which marred the general sobriety of Salem and its environs. The chief accusers were a group of young girls who would perform their histrionics in court to the horror of magistrates, ministers, families, and friends. As Bishop took the stand, the girls writhed and screamed as though possessed, claiming that Bishop did oftentimes very grievously pinch them, choke them, bite them and afflict them. One girl, Susanna Sheldon, insisted that she had witnessed Bishop suckling a snake. Other villagers testified that she had urged them to sign the devil's book. It was said that she had lately been sending out her shape at night to haunt the bedchambers of local men. Sometimes they recognized her flashy attire through the shadows, but she had occasionally manifested in the guise of a black pig or an unnatural hybrid of chicken, monkey, and human. It was alleged that she took revenge on those men who rejected her advances. The premature deaths of some of their children was taken as proof Of her malefic powers. During these trials, the girls would often imitate the gestures of the accused, as though they were the merest marionettes to the witch's diabolical wills. So, as Bishop rolled her eyes in exasperation at the display before her, the girls simultaneously did the same, thereby proving that she had seized control of their bodies. Accustomed as she was to allegations of witchcraft, Contemporary reports of Bishop's trial suggest a woman who was not so much defiant as bewildered. I am innocent to a witch, she said to the magistrates. I know not what a witch is. Eight days after her conviction, on the 10th of June 1692, she was taken to Gallows Hill and hanged from the great oak tree. The witch trials of Salem, Massachusetts, lasted a little over a year but hold a particular fascination to this day as a case study in communal hysteria. Partly, this is because accounts of the court sessions and the aftermath make for such compelling reading, from Cotton Mather's The Wonders of the Invisible World, 1693, to Daniel A. Gagnon's A Salem Witch, 2021. The claims of the girls were the stuff of phantasmagoria, Black men and yellow birds would materialise in the courtroom, and while the witches in their corporeal forms protested their innocence, their shapes would fly out and inflict injuries at will, safe in the knowledge that they were only visible to their victims. Then there was the touch test, whereby a suspected witch would be asked to lay hands on one of the children, who, invariably, would faint or fall into convulsions upon contact. It apparently didn't occur to the magistrates to question why a witch on trial for her life would perform her acts of cruel sorcery before the very people she was attempting to hoodwink. Then, of course, there is Arthur Miller's play, The Crucible, 1953, a work that has consolidated the story in the popular mindset for all the dramatic license taken by its author. Through such sundry retellings, we feel acquainted with the victims of this tragedy. Globally speaking, the events at Salem were relatively minor. But the tens of thousands who perished in witchcraft hysteria across medieval Europe seem somehow depersonalized by dint of sheer scale. One is reminded of the remark by the satirist Kurt Tcholsky, often falsely attributed to Joseph Stalin The death of one man, that is a catastrophe. 100,000 deaths, that is a statistic.